Hello and welcome to the Oval Ball. This is Grand Final Edition. Yes, this is the preview edition, but first of all, Matt, welcome. Jacob, it's a pleasure. We've once again got you uh, via Skype, mate. So, um, you know, just like this time last year, we've uh, we've used technology to get us across the line this time. Um, but first of all, before we get into the uh, into this week's you know, big grand final. Uh, what game? What game? I'm assuming you watched both games, and um, yeah, what do you make of Friday night's one? The way Richmond pulled away in the end. Yeah, it was no less than what I expected. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't give Geelong much of a chance, and it was a bit of a surprise to see them up at half time. But the way Richmond pulled away in, in the second half and, and got back into it and got over the top of them, there wasn't any real surprise to me. Um, that game. Yeah, I guess it. As ironic as it is, the, the number one seed in the competition is Geelong, but I think the better team is Richmond, and they definitely, you know, that 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 twenty point deficit or whatever it was, it 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 wasn't it was never insurmountable for them. It was always you know doable to peg it back, and you never felt like I mean me personally, I didn't feel like they were ever in serious trouble. I thought when Dangerfield got that free kick and kicked a goal, that you know towards the end of the second, I thought, oh, they're in a bit of strife if Geelong start off well in the second half. But, look, Geelong, what, Geelong didn't take their opportunities. What do you make of their performance? I just think they missed a lot. Um, yeah, Geelong's performance. What did I think of it? You know, I thought it was, uh, I thought it took me by surprise in the first half. Um, as I say, I was expecting that one to be over a lot sooner than what it was. Uh, but no, I think they did. I think they did all right, um, based on what I expected them to do. But yeah, I, I, even when they were up at halftime, I still didn't see them winning it. I didn't really see them winning it at any stage. I always thought Richmond were the better side. Um, even when they were down, just the, it was just the ability to convert in in front of goal in the second term that um, allowed the margin to be what it was. Uh, but I, yeah, I. I don't think there was there was nothing that, that um, aside from that there was nothing that really surprised me. I, I still think, um, yeah, even though they were trailing, I thought Richmond were the better side, and I think the the right team won. Yeah, they look. They Richmond. That's quite a story, isn't it? They were virtually ridden off by many people uh, midway through the year. They were seven and six at the bye, and perhaps this team that who is meant to be the best team of the past three years, maybe they've fallen off the perch, but. Look, they've to the credit they've got their players back, and sad news coming out of Putt Road just bef- just as we're going a few hours before we went on air tonight that Jack Graham won't be in the grand final. Richmond have confirmed that after dislocating shoulder in the first quarter, I think it was, and courageously playing on. I mean, I've never dislocated a shoulder, but I imagine it'd be quite painful to play on, and I know they would have, you know, jabbed it up and stuff, but. To, to stick the tackers he was sticking was quite remarkable and just shows that, you know, his bravery in the end to get back on and make sure Richmond had enough players to rotate perhaps could have costed him. But they're saying now that it's just too much of a risk to bring in because of the fact that he could his shoulder could pop at any second in that game. And it's back to that whole point of, I think we touched on last week, bringing unfit players into games. It could be diabolical I'm talking about yeah. the goalie. We don't even need to talk about Jordan to go anymore because of the pies and how they stuffed it up. But we'll, don't worry, we'll get to that in a bit. But 
Um, yeah, what do you make of Jack Graham just playing on in that game? Just yeah, well, I, I thought it was necessary. Um, if if uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was necessary sometimes. Mm. Um, if a player's still not one hundred percent fit, you've got to, You wouldn't. You don't pick them to play, but you, you've got to put them out there when you know if they do get injured during the match. And you know, I thought to me, he's the reason why premiership medals should be given to players to players that don't play in the grand final as well. I agree. Because you think of the impact he had on that match, you know, you question if he didn't go go back out there and play whether Richmond progress. Yeah. And if they go on to win this week, Richmond, then you have to say he's played a significant role in their premiership. Yeah. But despite not playing in the grand final. So that's that's what I took away from that. Well in the NBA it's um the NBA do it where they, they give the medal or the ring to the championship team, but it's to every player that was on that list during the season. So you've yeah. even got players who are who traded away halfway through the year in the mid-season trade period, and they still get a ring. So the NBA, the Americans view it differently. I love the sentiment of giving it to someone like a Jack Graham, um, but I guess where would the line be? Where would What would be the caveat? What would be the requirement of... You know, do you need to play ten or so games to be qualified for a medal? Or I don't know what what guidelines would you reckon you would put in to play? Oh well, you you could you could take your pick. You could make it a certain number of games, or you could give it to everyone on the list, or even if uh, or or you could give the premiership medal to the twenty two, and then give some other medal to to the rest of the list. There's no excuse that the members on the list who didn't play in the grand final shouldn't get some sort of Recognition, mm. and there's a few few options and alternatives there, and it's you should just be able to take your pick, whichever is the best. But I, I think I think the fact that players go unreward. I mean, you know, to to play, you know, twenty twenty odd games a season, but get injured. Like I think, who was it last year? I think it was um, Brad Shepherd. Yeah, he played yeah. one game or two games, and he missed the grand final. And, you think, well, I mean, he's had a significant impact for the majority of the season. How can he go unrewarded like that? Mm. That's how I see it. No, I, I I like the sentiment. I just question what you know what the uh, what the yeah requirements would be, and I'm not confident that I'd ever bring it in. I just think the AFL is still dominated by people who are of the old adages, I guess, those who love the way it has the grand finals run for the past or for history. Really, I mean. You peg it back to even the fact that it's at the MCG, and that's an example of I think the the grand final being sacrosanct. But speaking of uh, who were not sacrosanct and who were not untouched, and quite the opposite, Collingwood, mate. I'm, I had the weirdest day of my life Saturday. I I was lucky enough to work for my footy club and cover the media and run the operations of the media for two flags. Our reserves won. And our undefeated seniors won in a thriller against an, a gallant Ajax. And it was an amazing scenes And the post-match stuff, mate, what we talked about off air, that worked out in the rooms afterwards, which was a big relief. I was walking around Trevor Barker over at about four, six o'clock Saturday night and looking around, how good's this? But then my mind quickly turned to, oh, shit, there's an, an AFL game, a big final that includes my team. Um, and... Despite the fast finish of Collingwood's, it was 
dead set the weirdest day of my life, I reckon, for football. What, what, what did you make of this greatest upset? We'll get into the Giants in a second, but what did Collingwood do wrong in this game to to suffocate, to choke? I'm, I'm going to say they choke. There you go. I don't care. They, what made him choke in the end? I don't know. I actually don't know. Mm. Um, I think they were the better side in the first half, but they just didn't make the most of it, and the, and the Giants got the jump on them and, and made the most of their opportunities in that third term. Giants nearly choked as well. It's not often that both sides choke in a game. It was a 33-point lead at some stage during the last quarter. And they, it's they, like a choke-off. Yeah. It um, came out of nowhere. Yeah. I do think I do agree with Nathan Buckley that it's been a wasted year for Collingwood. I, I can I can see that um, because you just can't help but think what what if what if they won that game, all that work, all the injury adversity, all the sending players to Germany, um, you know, winning those tight games. What does it mean? Well, it doesn't mean much at the end of the day. So. Um, yeah, what what do you make of his demeanour after the game? I don't know if you saw any of the stuff, but yeah, I didn't actually see any of um, of his uh, press conference, but I I do know that quote was um, said. I, I did get that quote of him that he, he feels like it's a wasted year. Well, I I think he's um, great for Collingwood. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I think I have to agree with him that it really was a missed opportunity for Collingwood this year. I think my view of the game was, I mean, I haven't watched the game. I can't bring myself to watch the game. I've watched the highlights. I've, I haven't even brought myself to watch. That's why I asked you because I haven't, I wasn't able to watch Buckley's post match. It was too depressing, if I'm honest. But like, I'm not someone who subscribes to the idea of deserving things in football. I mean, we've just touched on players. Potentially an unlucky player in Jack Graham might miss out on a flag. Um, Brad Shepard, Nick Nanui, you know, Bob Murphy. A lot of people deserve things in football, but they don't get it. And a lot of people don't deserve things in football, but they get it. So I don't subscribe to the idea of deserving things. But looking back on the game, it wasn't a robbery. Collingwood never had that game completely. It was... they. I'm st- what I'm trying to say is... They came as close as you can to desert, to not deserving something, if that makes sense. They, the Jitterous yeah. Giants, they held their nerve for most of the game. They smashed it in, in the ground ball and the contested possession. That's just an inexcusable right in finals. You've got to hold on to that stat. And So when I looked at the stats, I was at a red line, you know, checked the stats just to see, give some context to what absurdity was happening on the radio. Um... I was looking at the stats and thought, gee whiz, if Collingwood win this game, it would be amazing because they're not winning any of the ground ball, any of the clearances. So they did not, I guess, deserve to win, if that makes sense, without deserving. Yeah, no, I, th- I think the Giants were the better side. No, I, have to, I have to agree on, on that one. Um, but I, And I don't say Collingwood um, deserved to win, but I, I will say that... Um, uh, what what will I say on that one? I say they they feel like I, I feel like they should have achieved more this season based on the opportunity they had home preliminary final. Um, you know they were starting to get the the bulk of their list to get back together again. 
I, I just think this was a really, really a missed opportunity for Collingwood. But, you know, as individuals, you might not get what you deserve, but as teams, you tend to. No, I see that. And at the end of the day, unfortunately for Collingwood, you know, they're going to have to sit through a week of hell. They know very. They know themselves it is the best week of football. It's quite a draining week, but it's also a lot of fun, and they're going to sit there knowing they're good enough to be there Saturday. It's torturous for these athletes, you know. And um, again, I'm, as a Pies man, I'm, you know, means I can't go to the grand final. And what could have been, could have been, but, you know, philosophically, I've been quite blessed to be a Pies supporter. So I'm not. It's not the end of the world for me. It's in foot, not the end of football in the world. I've had a great. I've been celebrating a bunch of flags for the past few days on my local side, but I guess it would make it better if the Pies were to get up. Now, the game that's important, the game that will be dissected and picked apart and previewed and talked about for every single minute of every single hour until 2.30 Saturday. Um, yeah, where, where does this game sit? I mean, you know, the, the Giants have played, the smashed Richmond in round three. Richmond came back and won at the MCG uh, later in the season. Where do these two sides match up? How do they match up, in your opinion? I think Richmond will go in as favourites. Um, yeah. I, I think they are a better side than, than GWS. Really do think that. Even if the Giants get a couple of their better players back, yeah, um, I still think Richmond will be. I think Richmond are a better side, and yeah, they'll have a couple of players out. Um, so obviously Jack Gray won't won't be playing, and is so. Uh, I think there's a couple of others that have some injury clouds as well. Obviously Alex Rance won't be there. Yeah. Uh, also, but I think they've got a better team than the Giants and I think they will win yeah yeah. and I think again I think like I said I know I was wrong about this last week with the home grade advantage but I think Richmond the MCG will just be a very different uh, kettle of fish to what Collingwood is on the MCG yeah no I mean I'm still getting over the fact that AFL gave him seven games at the MCG in a row I still think there's a bit in that but you know that's another can of worms perhaps to talk about when probably if they win the grand final but um yeah, look, I think they match up really well. Uh, one side is bowl dominant, uh, love the contest, and absolutely blistering when they get it on the outside. Um, they run hard. And then the other team is exactly that, less ball dependent, but more chaos surge forward. I love the way Richmond play. And, um, yeah, it's going to be I'm on standby because I'm going to give you, I'm going to ask you your tips at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then before we, before, well, I guess, but it's hard to tell. We're not living in Sydney, but where, what, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with first of all Lockie Whitfield, and then we're going to get into Keneally, but Lockie Whitfield, appendicitis, who's running laps, jogging laps around their training oval today. Are you confident he'll get up? I know none of us are doctors, but what do you think? Uh, I, I do know Bonapelli had uh, his appendix removed last year. It took him three weeks to get back. Okay. So if if Kenny, uh, if if Whitfield does play, he will certainly not be at hundred percent. Do you reckon Richmond will pick him apart? Find the soft spot, the tender spot. Are we I past don't that know era? about that. Uh, probably, I would I would think so. Um, it was interesting. Nick Rewalt made a, a uh, made a point whether clubs would consider just getting their players um, or have players get their appendix. Appendixes <laughs> removed. Yeah, I saw that. 
I thought that was very interesting. I think yeah. there's some there's some merit to that. There's definitely merit to it, uh, but I just would oh, I'd have to look at you know the stats of how many players do we lose each year. You lose, I think on average one or two players to an ACL per list. You lose twenty um, percent through concussion. You lose something like fifty over percent over soft tissue. Then there's impact injuries. Um, I, look, if if this, I know Eddie Betts had an appendix appendicitis a few years back, and I, if this is derailing teams, one team I reckon every year, then perhaps it's something to think about. It would never be an AFL decision; it'd be a club doctor's medical decision. But yeah. look, yeah, it's not it's bad not... from Nick Rewell. It's not a bad thought. He does come out with the odd random thought, but it's not a bad one. This one has some merit. Nick Leo, though, I'm not. I'm not sure on his state at the moment. Mm. I don't I, know. I think it's unlikely, but mm. yeah, I don't know at this stage with um, with Cornelia. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's very much a wait and see. Certainly, we'll see Toby Green back, though. Unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, I mean, depending on whether they win or lose. Imagine if he went to Norm Smith. Poor. Mm. Hope he wins a Norm Smith in the losing side. <laughs> it doesn't Nathan Buckley. That would yeah. be shocking. Well, much prefer Nathan Buckley um, Toby Green. I think a lot of people are in that boat. Now, Lockie Keefe played a, quite a good game in the prelim. Chances are he's going to get, you know, depending on how fit Phil Davis is. Mind you, I love fabulous Phil Davis. I think he's so well-spoken. That's a conversation for another time, but I reckon he's brilliant. Um, he's one of my favourite non-Collingwood players. But Lockie Keefe, you'd think he'd get... Um, a Lynch or a Rewalt, and they'll let Haynes float off those players. And you know, can you trust this guy who's had quite an interesting past few years in the AFL? Obviously, dealt with the suspension after the clenbuterol abuse with Josh Thomas, getting another chance at the Giants, playing playing in the finals last year. Um, can you trust this guy against you know a red hot Tom Lynch or a jumping Jack Rewalt? I don't know. Uh, they're very good players, those two. Require, mm. Would require a, a decent uh, defender. Oh, sorry, a decent defender to take them down. Was he? Was he played this year? I'm just getting this one up now. He's not been. Uh, well, he's he's played ten games this year. Um, that was his first final. He, he was thrown in. But, um, I'm not sure. I think it'll take a, a look. He's, yes, he had a good game. Sometimes you can see this, though, with, with um, players of his nature, that they can have a great game mm. at this time of year, but it doesn't mean they have a, a great next game. Oh, well, it's hard to back up. If you're any football, it's hard to back up, you know, um, two good games if you're an AFL player. It's the AFL. Um, but, yeah. Who knows, mate? Who knows? I mean, I think it'd be a, quite a story if you can hold him to one or two goals, but... And then there's a the midfield battle. I mean, Cornelio's unlikely, but you're still talking about Kelly, Taranto, Hopper against Martin, Prestia, Cochin. DeBoer. DeBoer. Who, who, if you're, if you're Leon Cameron, what's the decision going to be with DeBoer? Who would you throw him to? I don't think they'll go putting to Dangerfield. Uh, not, well, they definitely won't put him to Dangerfield. I don't think they'll put him to Dustin Martin either. You don't think he'll go to Dusty? No. Okay. Why? Why don't uh, you think that? Um, it sounds a, a bit weird, but I'd say the reason they won't do that is because it's obvious. 
They put him on Dustin Martin earlier in the year. It worked a treat. The Giants won by a lot. You'd expect they'll do the exact same thing. But I, I think they'll be thinking that Richmond will put in a plan for that. Yeah, so it's re- now it's reverse. It's like a mind games they're playing, really. Yeah, so I don't think he'll go to. I don't think he'll go to Martin. Certainly not from the start. Um, there's a, there's a couple. There's Cochin, obviously. Uh, Prestia has been been very good for for Richmond. They might they might put him on Prestia, but yeah, mm. I don't think they'll put him on Martin to start with. Well, the worry is the worry is Matt that the. For any tagger on Dustin Martin is Dustin Martin's ability to drift forward and get one out, one on one. So I mean, the question is of Matt DeBoer, who's been sensational all year before he broke his shoulder and came back and had an immediate impact. Um, yeah, can you back in Matt DeBoer one out with Dustin Martin? I don't think you can. He's just not a key position player. I think it takes no, a key position no. player to stop Dustin Martin. Yeah, you, you can't. You, you can't. Yeah. Um, but then you probably put. A defender on Dustin Martin and then throw um, the ball on someone else in the midfield. I'd love to see him go to Cochin. I mean, he's the barometer. He's the guy that inspires his teammates. If your captain has a quiet day in a grand final, then it's enough, I think. Not enough, but it does help. It goes uh, a long way. It does go a long way. And um, and then Jessica Cameron, I mean, they're not going to be... There's a chance Nathan Broad won't be there. He was never the first choice for Cameron. But Dylan Grimes and Cameron surely is quite an enthralling... Uh, uh, contest, you would think, potentially. That forward line's going to be an issue for Richmond, I think. They don't have a lot of talls down there. Finlayson, Himmelberg, Cameron. I think Cameron. They've got Grimes, but yeah, it's just mm, a couple of others. They don't really have those options. Mm. So that'll be a wait-and-see one as well. But you know, there's, there's so many battles on every line. You're right. It'll be very interesting. It's battle of superstars. And what, before we get back onto the game, we're going to touch on, don't worry for those listeners out there, we're going to touch on Nat Fife winning the Brownlow. That's, that slipped my mind, but we're going to get to that. Um, but what, what is, uh, what, what was, what is your, let's get to the sentimental part of this. What, what is your most favourite moment, Matt, in the grand finals? It's, for me, grand finals are, uh, they are games of moments. We, so I bet you remember most moments of that 2016 flag. Anything from the rough head mark to the commentary to Zane Cordy's first goal to the clearance that Lockie Hunter clearing it out to Tory Dixon to kick the second goal um, to the the commentary of Lance Franklin kicking that one goal. You know, but then going before that going down with his ankle. I bet every grand final there are moments. Um, what is your favourite moment? I have a feeling I know what game you're going to talk about, but that's I'm not going to guess. I'm going to let you guess or tell me the answer to this. What is your favourite moment in a grand final? I think it's got to be the the uh, the tackle, Dal Morris on on Franklin, then Tom Boyd kicking the goal. It was a combination of the player that deserved the iconic moment in terms of Morris for everything that he'd done, mm. and a, a player who had so much pressure on him for so long. Being able to just lift it off his shoulders with one kick, yeah, I think it was the perfect play, and I think it was the the perfect players to be involved in it. It was it was a game that day. It was a game of script writing. It was, it was kind of like who wrote this script, you know, the battling Liam Picken, who was rejected by you know Collingwood and played in the VFL. Bob's up to kick three goals. The much maligned Tom Boyd having the game he had. 
with the the warrior with the broken back setting up the goal. This con- controversial score review with Johannesson. Oh, you know, still the, fuming about that. <laughs> the Lance Franklin injury. I mean, gee, what a what a the- what theatre. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. For me, mine. It, it was. It was. It, someone did write a script for that one. Do you reckon sure. there's a conspiracy theory there? It was set up that way. Oh, here we go. The umpires, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. I haven't heard that one before, Jacob. <laughs> it was a free kick on... No, I'm not going to go there. Not going to go there. Um, my my yeah, moment... Johannesson won. They should never have overturned that one. So, you know, <laughs> they tried hard to keep Sydney in it. They did. They realised that there might be a chance. It didn't oh, work. It was, that will be one of the greatest games you might ever see, I reckon we may ever see. My my, my favourite moment was obviously Heath Shaw running down Rewalt or smothering Rewalt. Um, just summed up where both teams were at that day. Um, it just it was a loud moment. The more and more I look on, though, Matt, the more and more I look on this, the, I do really admire the, the Goddard mark in 2010 and the, the game before that in the draw. I still hold to this day. That's the loudest moment I've ever been a part of in any sporting arena. And I'm up yeah, to the NBA. It was a pretty special. Moment, it was actually. It was like he, the weight of St Kilda's drought. He thrusted upon Harry O'Brien's shoulders or Luke Ball, whoever he sat on. And it, when he marked it, the, the goal celebration was as loud as the mark. And it was just that they knew they knew that they had a sniff. That's when they thought, "Gee, this could be all over." Yeah, that was quite an impressive moment. That was a wonderful grand final, that one. Oh, I hated watching it, sitting through it. Sucked. <laughs> Absolutely sucked, mate. But anyway, so let, let's get to... Um, we're going we're to get your tips on Pitchhug. We're not going to get you tips. For that, um, Nat Pike, just a word on him. This is his second grand low medal. He joined the likes of Chris Judd, I think Robert Murphy, uh, Robert Harvey, sorry. Robert Harvey, I think. Um, you know, I think there's Gary Ablett, obviously. So, Gary Ablett. Um, who else? Hayden Bunton. Hayden Bunton. Uh, Dean Bunton. Stewart. Does Vossie have a few? Or her? No. He's got three, but he's part of a group that's won multiple Brownlow medals. Has Noaco Voss got three Brownlow medals? Who? Michael Voss. No. Oh. Yeah. I don't think he's got any. No, he's got one. I think he when he drew with... Oh, yes, that's right. He's got six. And he drew with her. Yeah. I don't know. But just a, word, just a quick word from you on uh, on this guy who is one, probably the most complete footballer in the game. To, to be a, a, I think if you win as few games as what Fremantle did and still poll well, what, what did he finish on? 33 votes or something like that? Beside yeah. um, the finish in the, in the bottom half. So that's, I mean, if, if you work it out, that's, uh, hang on, no, I, I can do this. It's one and a half votes a game, <laughs> which is pretty impressive. It is impressive, yeah. Because uh, that, that, that just um, demonstrates his consistency as well as his ability. To be able to poll well, even in defeats, there are a few of them for Fremantle this year. Um, I know he, he he played twice against us. He had one good game and one very quiet game. 
I think he played against us twice at least. Um, but yeah, he was a he was a, he's he's a terrific player, obviously. And it has been for a very long period of time. And I don't know, it was a very weird count last night. It was very interesting. It had a lot of ebbs and flows, and obviously I had my eye on on a couple of um, particulars. I thought uh, Bontempelli and, and McRae actually surprised mm. me a bit with the amount of votes that he got. McRae was a sleeper. He was a bit of a dark horse, but yeah, he was never likely to win at McRae. But twenty-two votes, and, and Bontempelli got twenty-two votes as well. Uh, both finished in the top ten. Yep. Yeah, it's um. They both had very good seasons. Those two. What do you like? What do you think of Hamish McLaughlin's performance? Are you uh? Did, did we miss Bruce last night? I mean, I didn't see much of it. I was mad, mad, mad Monday, if I'm honest, was still carrying on. But um, what do you make of Hamish's performance, mate? You've been a, a man that can, you likes to speak out in the footy public as well with your work. What do you make of ha- Hamish McLaughlin? Yeah, it was all right. I'm glad it finished at a decent hour, actually, yeah. for the first time in a while. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Although I fell asleep towards the end, but... Honestly, just this is just, just a lot of rubbish in that the the ads, the um, um, you know the breaks in the count, the red car, but don't get me started on no. the red car. It's just a waste of time. Sick of just, I just I just want them to read out the votes and, and be done with it. That's what they're there for. Yeah, and no, I, I I I listened to a bit of radio this morning, and someone on Talkback complained about that. And look, perhaps there is too much weight on the. Too much focus on the the, the, the red carpet and not something that I'm not, I'm not particularly interested in. But you know, I guess it's quite a commercial thing. It's a Channel Seven thing. I think if Fox Fox, Fox Sports had the coverage, it wouldn't be much emphasis on all. On all. Have, have a separate event for you know dressing up and, and showing us you know how great people can look. Yeah. Because we don't really care about that. It's not what it's about. I'm just it's not about the red carpet. It's about the Brownlow Medal. So getting everyone in there. Enough of this. You know, um, pre-count, look at me, hoo-ha, because there's, <laughs> there's a few of them that, that love the, the cameras on them, Jacob. I won't name oh. names, but there's a few There's a few on both sides uh, that, that love a little bit of look over here. Ooh. Me, 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 me. Um, there you go. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, they love it, but it's Pick not. We, we don't care about the, the me-me's. We want to see the votes and who gets those votes. Look at them instead. <laughs> There you have it. Hey, before I let you go, well, I want you to tell me the, first of all, uh, first goal kicker. I know it's a stupid bet. It's a stupid prediction. It could be, could be anyone, but hey, first goal kicker for you. Well, I predicted this last year. I got the first goal of the last quarter. I think I said Brody Majacek kicked the first goal of the game. He kicked the first goal of the last quarter. Majacek! Last year. He's come a long so, way in 12 months. Yeah, I remember that goal. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got it partially right last, last year. First goal scorer. We're going to find out who kicks it firstly. I reckon... I'll say Rewald. I'll, I'll say Jack Rewald. This year it'll be it'll be a conventional key forward that does it. Mm. With someone you actually expect to kick the first goal, I'll say I'll say Jack Rewald for he's, first goal. He's due. He's definitely due for a goal. The odd Rewald. But uh, I'll like I'll, I'm going to go the other way and say it's a Giants player, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jeremy Finlayson. I uh, watched an interview with him today. Seems like quite. a... Down to earth bloke. <laughs> that has absolutely nothing to do with his 
the ability to kick the first goal, but it's just in my mind. It's a hard one to pick. Um, what would be, and then this will follow on to, uh, will there be any big injuries, do you reckon, in the game? And again, I know this comes down to chance, but can you see a big injury happening, something that will shape the game? 100% there will be a moment of huge controversy. Or controversy, however you want to say the word. So do put score of you into that basket, the ARC. Uh, I changed my mind. There will be <laughs> all, there will be moments of controversy or controversy. Wow. One of which, at least, will involve the score of you. Did you did you see this? They um they uh, what what did they say? They they released a statement about that after the Josh Thomas uh, goal, the game. I mean, yeah. And they said uh, upon reflection. Uh, it was uh, there. There was a clear touch. The ball was clearly touched when the ball went, uh, when when the kick um, was made by I think it was Thomas. Um, but we were comfortable with the process that uh, that the score review um, undertook to come to the decision. So in the end, what they're basically saying is that he came to the right and wrong decision uh, in the <laughs> one review, which is. Um, which you know, even by the AFL's inconsistent standards, is, is very impressive. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, how often is you can get to the right and wrong decision in one hit? I'm very just, stuff. I, I I just I find it absurd. And this is from a Collingwood supporter. I'm looking looking at that thing. Collingwood guy kicked out. This is just it's absurd. It was it was a touch ball. The, yeah. My my my. But you know, if if you'd want any team to be robbed by an umpiring decision, uh, I guess so. I guess if uh, me and me and the one percent of the AFL <laughs> don't agree, but I guess most people would. So Toby Green coming back, uh, Shane Mumford potentially playing his last game. He's got no one to answer for at the tribunal. If anything happens to him, there will be moments of controversy in the match, so and they won't be. And they won't extend, and they will extend beyond the score of you. Circa two thousand four, Alistair Lynch. Hey. Might be that. Bit I was of... thinking more 1945 bloodbath. I'm not sure if you were around for that one, Jacob. But that was. Uh... Yeah, I missed that one. Uh, no, you should. You had to be there, I guess. I was really looking forward to seeing John Schultz, but I missed my chance that day. Uh, no, he, he was about 20 years before he played that one. I don't know oh, if he was Jesus. even born then. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I thought that joke. No, was I mean, it was, that was that was that yeah, was uh, actually I actually got a kick in the under 19s grand final in, in the in the warm up match. So um, that one. Gee whiz, gee whiz. So, <clears throat> with all that said, I've lost my voice. With all that said, give me your uh, your winner and margin, please, Matt. Richmond, 27 points. Yep, yep. And I will say the Norm Smith medal will go to... Oh, yeah, Norm Smith. <laughs> Basha Hawley. He's well-deserved. I, I think... So... That's, I love that. So I've got, yeah, Finlayson first goal. Richmond off to a dominant start. Um, Giants peg it back and then come within a few goals very late. And we might see a Nick Malczewski scenario, mate, you know, a few years ago where Richmond need a goal to hang just to seal the deal and they, they kick one. Um, so I'm going to go Richmond by 16. And my norm, Smith, will be Shane Edwards. Okay. Yeah, interesting call. Big game. Player. Hasn't got a brown loaf at all year, Edwards, so, you know. I'm surprised by that. He's a brilliant player. He's like that, you know, every team has that one player that 
the fans know how good he is, but the rest of the public don't. I think, you know, he's that player for them. He's just so underrated, so skillful. Best hands in the business, I reckon. But anyway, mate, it's been a good episode. And hey, next, this time next week, we're going to have a winner of our 2019 Turd AFL Grand Final. It'll be amazing, won't it? We will. Well, look, at least it won't be Geelong. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. And, at least, and at least we could say that no matter what, we beat the Premiers this year. We've beaten Richmond, we've beaten GWS, so, you know. And I can't say the same for Colling. Oh, technically, yeah, I guess I can. Nothing Giants, if Giants win, but what are you going to say? No, no, that was going to be it. Oh, yeah. We've beaten the Premiers no matter what happens. Yeah. Again. Absolutely. Hey, I mean, all I hope is that it's a good game. So, yeah. And all I'm, I hope is that uh, Toby Green ends up on the losing side. Toby, if imagine if he kicks a winning goal. Just, uh, just uh, I'm going to leave you on that thought. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I hope it doesn't happen though. <laughs> Phil Davis, 58. I can see. God, I hope he gets up. I know he's got some injury issues at the moment. Hope he gets up. Fabulous, Phil. Hopefully, we can talk about him in my because oh, I want the Giants to win. I've got over my hatred for them over 24 hours. Back him in to win. We don't want to see another Richmond Grand Final. That'd just be too much. Um, I want the orange all the way, so just for this one-week period. But thanks for today, Matt, and this time next week we'll have a winner and we'll dissect it all. Man, well, I look forward to it there, Jacob. Good on you, mate. See you I'll next leave time. You to it then. See ya. See ya.